0: Hello. I don't exactly know what I'm going to talk about, but let's see what comes up. There are a lot of things on my mind as, as there usually is. I mean, I don't know if you've noticed that your mind is always thinking about something, unless you're a meditation master you know i just finished meditating and i i was thinking the whole pretty much the whole time i know like meditation is is supposed to be this time when you try to stop thinking and focus on your breath and all these things and i've been meditating for 3 years now pretty much every day And um, during my meditation this morning, I was trying not to think, but I was thinking about projects I want to do, this music project I want to do. And I was thinking about work, like my work. I do renovations. That's that's why I haven't been able to record very many podcasts lately, because I've been working a lot thinking about my work and not like there was nothing i had to think about about my work i didn't have to figure anything out i wasn't trying to decide anything about how to do my work or whether to work more or less i was just in my mind i was thinking about the actual the physical work that i do and i was kind of like rehearsing that in my mind for no reason. And I'm pretty sure I I thought about a lot of other things during my meditation. And it's interesting, like how, I mean, we're, we're trying to, or I say we, I'm trying to make the world a better place but I don't even really have control over what I think about. So, I don't know, there's a paradox that is way beyond my capability to, to talk about um, how can we change the world when we can't even change what we think, or control what, what thoughts come into our heads You know, because we are, in some sense, we are the thoughts that come into our heads. Like, I can't control the fact that I thought about music. And so I can't control the fact that I wanted to play music. (laughs) And I can't really control the idea that popped into my head that I wanted to do this recording thing. It's all very mysterious though, because I mean, I used to, I used to think that free will was not a real thing. Um, because if you look closely and you, you realize that you don't really have that much control over the thoughts that pop into your head. When you meditate, you discover this and then, you can, you can look at neuroscience experiments that show that um, they can predict your decisions about 10 seconds before you make them. I don't know. There's a famous experiment. I don't fully know the details. But it was something like you had to either press a button with your right hand or with your left hand. And... They could predict which one, like not a long time before, but like seconds before, like 10 seconds before you were consciously, you consciously chose. So what, what it seems like from the neuroscience is that decisions happen unconsciously and then your conscious mind becomes aware of them after they're already made even though many of us take credit for the decisions we make, it, it seems like maybe the the conscious part of ourselves is not actually making decisions at all. It's It just takes credit for them. <laughs> so, you know, I decided to record a podcast. And I say I, but what, what I mean when I say I... Is that is that conscious part of myself you know I but really it, it doesn't even it doesn't make much more sense to say I decided to think about a music project when I was meditating actually i like I didn't decide that right because I didn't I was meditating I wanted to not be thinking about anything but thoughts came into into my head anyway. And it seems like everything is like that. Thoughts come into your head anyway. Decisions come into your head anyway. And sometimes your conscious mind takes credit for them, and sometimes your conscious mind doesn't. Anyway, that's one view. That's one way of looking at it. Another way of looking at it is much more difficult to talk about. You know, I when I believed that there was no such thing as free will, I also believed that the universe and matter is essentially dead And life and and consciousness is a product of materialist brain functions. And and now you know, I, I kind of think that maybe matter itself is intelligent, like an electron. Is intelligent and a, and a neutron and, and a proton has some kind of an intelligence to it and I don't have any evidence for that other than the fact that I've seen things that can't be explained using materialist science and these things We're not in a controlled experimental environment, so I can't tell you about them. Um, But they prove to me that there's more to the universe than what the materialist science, no free will, um, no, no supernatural, no nothing view, that materialist scientific view that that view is is incomplete and so when once part of it becomes incomplete i have to question all of it which includes the free will thing which includes the fact that we can control our thoughts and and maybe this is a question that i need help to answer what what can i say to myself <laughs> to convince myself that I have free will, other than the fact that I just have faith that I have free will. I don't know. And anyway, I didn't even decide to talk about that. There's an example of free will for you. I just started recording and I didn't know what I was going to talk about, and I started talking about that, so... Maybe one of you out there can help me answer that and find me on Facebook or, or email me and and we can we can have a conversation and you can you can help me with this. Um. Anyway, what what I think I wanted to actually talk about today is. Earlier in an earlier episode of this podcast, I talk about music. I forget what that episode is called, but I talked about music and how there's a lack of music about a love of the earth and ecology and saving the planet and living sustainably. There was there was not very much popular music about that. And then this song comes out called Earth. And I don't know if you've heard this song. You you probably have. If you're someone who goes on YouTube, you you probably have. It's got it's got a hundred million you views on YouTube. Um, and it's about loving the earth. And I was very optimistic when I saw that. If you haven't heard it, um, it goes, I love the earth. It is our planet. Oh wait, no, it's we love the earth. (laughs) We love the earth. It is our planet. We love the earth. It is our home. That's the chorus. Very simple. Um... And then you gotta you gotta see the whole video. It's kind of a it's kind of a comedy video or a comedy song, and it's featuring a whole bunch of different celebrities. Kind of like uh, projects in the past. I know there's We Are the World or, or something like that. Or anyway, but. It's here and the and the main focus of this song is climate change, with I th- I, I think that might be the first time. I don't know. That a, that a very that an extremely popular video is focused on climate change. You know, that charity songs in the past have been focused maybe on wars and just general togetherness and but this one's focused on climate change and You know, it's, it's, it makes me optimistic, but it it also is a little bit concerning. At the end of the video, it says, go to this website, welovetheearth.org, and when you go there, it, it shows you what you can do help the earth and and there's something missing from from this what it, what it says is basically what it says is uh, um sign a petition offset your carbon which means donate money to organizations that are doing good work, basically, and vote. Now, signing a petition, it doesn't really... I mean, it's like, it's good. It's like you want it says here, people around the world are calling on government leaders to support a global deal for nature that protects and restores 50% of Earth's lands, and oceans. That's a really good goal. But I think it's better for you to physically do that yourself than to sign a petition for it. Like if you're signing a petition for nature and you're, and you're not doing the work required to help nature... In your own life then it's it's not it's never gonna work you know because we need millions of people to help restore nature it's not something that you can just do at the orders of a government and I don't I don't see any way around that and then it, this offset your carbon thing to address climate change governance need to get serious about making polluters pay for their carbon emissions you can make a powerful statement today by paying a voluntary carbon tax that goes toward protecting critically important forests and coastal ecosystems yeah i mean it's it's strange this song and this website it's great that people are wanting to help the earth but it's it's disempowering to hear that all I can do is sign a petition and pay a voluntary carbon tax and vote. It's like, that doesn't excite me. What excites me is actually going out to land and helping to restore the actual land. And, and doing so in a way that allows me to use less fossil fuels you know, if I grow my own food, then I don't have to participate in a food system that that uses fossil fuels. And if I help heal the land in a way that provides me with with shelter even, that could happen, you know. Maybe it's a long way off, but then I wouldn't have to pay rent and then I wouldn't have to work in an industry that uses lots of fossil fuels. And I really, maybe you've heard me say this too much, but that's really what I want, is is to protect nature in a way that also sustains my own life and the life of my community. And I don't see how signing a petition is really going to get me closer to that goal so what I'm saying is I don't really know what I'm saying but (laughs) I'm more optimistic now that more people are thinking about it but I think there's there's like one last giant shift that has to occur in our conversation And that shift is away from asking politicians to do the work for us and towards directly doing the work ourselves. Because politicians, you know, they can write laws, they can make regulations. In the end, like they have to serve the fossil fuel companies too. Like they, the fossil fuel companies are part of the country that they're governing, and they are their voters too. And they're they're big businesses, and and they're part of the economy. And politicians have to manage regulations that affect the economy and if you if you are really serious about climate change you can't you can't really you have to you kind of be an enemy of of fossil fuel companies and politicians who are enemies of fossil fuel companies may not get very far and i know very little about this But what it seems like is that politicians are limited in the scope that they can act in. And maybe it's because of the fossil fuel companies, or or maybe it's not. Maybe it's something else. But people who don't have that kind of pressure, people like me who can go outside and, and dig in the dirt and like plant things, we're not so limited like the politicians are. We're, we don't have to spend years writing a law that no one will be able to understand because it's written in legal language and we don't have to spend years getting permission from like literally everyone we can we can get a, have a relationship with the land and we can well in Canada we can learn about the indigenous law that's the true law of the land and try to follow that and we can get our hands dirty and do the work instead of asking politicians to do it Okay, I think that's all I need to talk about right now. That was a bit of a ramble. Sorry if the free will part of it was not very interesting, but that's what came out of my my head. Um, As always, if you want to email me, my email is paulbartonsounds at gmail.com. You can also probably find me on Facebook search for Paul Barton. Um, all right. Bye for now.